Even with Tom Manning departing for the NFL, I'll tell you why I'm still optimistic about Scott Satterfield heading in to 2023 and year one of the Big 12. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you very much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. It's free and available everywhere you get your podcasts, including right here on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel and follow it to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. My name is Alex Frank, your host each and every day here on the Lockdown on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. So the big news, Tom Manning, the Bearcats offensive coordinator, has departed for the Indianapolis Colts, he will be the tight ends coach under new head coach Shane Steichen. This is not the end of the world. I know a lot of you might be frustrated. A lot of you might be anxious. A lot of you might be uncertain about what's going to happen at offensive coordinator. But I'm here to tell you that you should still be optimistic about Scott Satterfield. Why? The silver lining here is Scott Satterfield is the one calling the place. Tom Manning was just going to be a part of the collaborative effort to call plays. So, yes, the Bearcats right now do not have an offensive coordinator, but they still have their offensive play caller. And while it, again, might be frustrating that Tom Manning gets hired and then ultimately is leaving, it is a surprise, but I think it's more that as opposed to it being frustrating. You want to know... Who's going to be the offensive coordinator? I want to know who's going to be the offensive coordinator. But when the NFL comes calling, Dan Horde brought this up in an interview he did on the play-by-play cast hosted by a good friend of mine, Joe Godet. And he said, when the NFL comes calling, you take the job. It doesn't matter what it is. Tight ends coach, or in Dan Horde's case, the play-by-play announcer for the Cincinnati Bengals. When the opportunity comes to coach in the NFL, any coach is going to take that. And Tom Manning did. Tom Manning has coached in the NFL before. He knows it pays more money than a college coach. And he doesn't have to recruit. Now, let's look at this from a Bearcats perspective. Obviously, he's now the Bearcats' former offensive coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator not even until spring practice started. So there is now a gaping hole on the coaching staff. But whoever is the offensive coordinator... Keep in mind, he's not going to be the one calling the plays. And think about the Kansas City Chiefs, for instance. And again, I'm giving you these because the situation that we are in as fans and the Bearcats are in as as a program, it could be a lot worse. The Kansas City Chiefs just lost their offensive coordinator, Eric Biennemi. Andy Reid is their play caller. The Chiefs lost their offensive coordinator. Or now I'm thinking Eric Bieniemy may have called plays, but Andy Reid was at least the play caller for the first part of Eric Bieniemy's tenure as offensive coordinator. So the Chiefs, I think, are still going to be just fine without Bieniemy. They still have Patrick Mahomes. They still have Andy Reid. Nick Saban fired his offensive coordinator before the national championship. Alabama lost the game. But Nick Saban had the guts to fire his offensive coordinator before the national championship. 
the national championship. Cliff Kingsbury took the offensive coordinator job at USC and resigned one month in and then took the job with the Arizona Cardinals. Tom Manning just left because he was offered a job. That's that's all it is. He left because he was offered an, a job in the NFL. If you were in his shoes, you would probably do the same thing. It's easy to criticize someone or to get frustrated or to have anxiety or uncertainty about where this is going to go. I don't know where it's going to go. I'm talking with several of my colleagues on the Bearcats beat today or yesterday at the, before I recorded this episode, what they think is going to happen. Russ thinks the Bearcats will have an offensive coordinator by the time the Bearcats play Temple on the hardwood Wednesday night. The Bearcats are going to have an offensive coordinator in place by the time they take the field for spring practice. I, without a source, I can assure you of that. They will. This is a good thing if you're the Cincinnati Bearcats, actually. You're at the Power 5 level. Welcome to Power 5 turnover. NFL teams look at Power 5 coaches. Why? More recognition, high caliber and quality. NFL teams see what the Bearcats have done. College and pro games are now similar. The NFL, over the last 10-plus years, has really done a great job. NFL teams and coaching staffs have done a great job of adjusting their offenses to concepts that you see at the college level. And that's why quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson and maybe Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, although he played in the SEC, which runs pro-style offense, that's why you're seeing quarterbacks able to come in win the starting job right away, and not only that, but be successful. The NFL and college football are more similar offensively than they were 10 years ago. That's why you're seeing more draft picks hit Josh Allen, for example. That's why you're seeing quarterbacks like those that I mentioned hit at the NFL level because they are going to the next level, but NFL teams have offensive offensive concepts that are similar to college. Now, Back to Cincinnati. This is going to happen again. You're going to have NFL teams, for instance, even other Power 5 teams see what the Bearcats have done, and they're going to lure assistant coaches from the coaching staff. The Bearcats just lost their inside linebackers coach to become the new defensive coordinator at Miami, Florida. Stuff like this is going to happen. But keep in mind, sorry, I have allergies. Weather is terrible. I shouldn't say terrible, but I have bad allergies. So bear with me here. Sorry if I sniffle a lot on this episode. As long as this role gets filled before spring practice starts in two weeks, everything's going to be fine. Yes, you're uncertain about who the offensive coordinator is going to be, but understand that Scott Satterfield has nailed a lot of his assistant coaching hires, including Brian Brown, defensive coordinator, Kerry Combs retaining him, Walter Stewart retaining him. The only question I have is how does this impact the quarterback? There's so much unknown here because we really don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be. 
I'm thinking about this all yesterday. Let's start with Evan Prater. And I know a lot of you might be getting sick and tired of me talking about Evan Prater. I'm running long on the segment. But Evan Prater, keep in mind, is going to be on his fourth offensive coordinator since he came to the University of Cincinnati. Mike Denbrock, Gino Gadulli, Tom Manning, and whoever is hired as offensive coordinator now. This will be his third offensive coordinator in the last three months. How are you supposed to function? How are you supposed to learn an offense? And Evan Prater, who came in with all this pedigree and accolades, say what you want about his struggles in the two, in the last two games of last season. Those were not under ideal circumstances, and now he is going to face more change. You can't function when you have change constantly within a program or organization. Great ones can adapt, and I'm really interested to see and I'm gonna, it's going to be fascinating to watch over these next few months, spring and summer, how Evan Prater adapts to the change at offensive coordinator position yet again. How does this impact a guy like Emory Jones, dual threat quarterback? He's played under multiple offensive coordinators. He has more experience than Evan Prater. Does he seamlessly adapt? We'll find out. What about a guy like Ben Bryant, who's played under multiple offensive coordinators? Does he adapt seamlessly? Does this give him a better chance to become the starter? Spoiler alert, I don't think so. But what I do think is the older guys who have more experience starting are going to adapt. How does Brady Drogosh handle this? This will be Brady Drogosh's first offensive coordinator. That doesn't really strike to me as much of a worry as for Evan Prater, who has little experience and now is going to have to learn a complete new system all over again. So again... I'm optimistic still about the Scott Satterfield era. But it's understandable if you have, again, anxiety and uncertainty. I understand that. But I am also going to warn you, this is going to happen. As Russ told me yesterday, and I am a firm believer of this, this is a good problem to have. When you have assistant coaches being lured to other Power 5 and NFL jobs, that tells you, A, that they are good enough for those positions, B, that the University of Cincinnati is a good is a good program and a recognizable program and a program of quality and caliber high enough that NFL programs and Power 5 programs trust that they can look there to hire coaches. This is not an indictment on the University of Cincinnati or Scott Satterfield. It is a testament to who Tom Manning is as a coach and who he has been as a coach. It may leave you, me, and the program wondering what's next. That's fine. But it is not an indictment on the program, Satterfield, or anybody or anything in between. Coming up, let's look at some numbers from Satterfield's offenses over the last, say, decade that will probably, will hopefully, give you more faith in him heading in to 2023. I will explain all of that after I tell you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then, man, I've got just the thing for you. you got to try Built because with Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, 
They are all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Bill does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now, excuse me, you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box of our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Thanks again for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Lockdown College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Lockdown College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Frank back with you, your host, each and every day right here on Lockdown Bearcats. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, Tom Manning leaving is not because of Scott Satterfield. There are a lot of you who might still be. I shouldn't say a lot. But there, I don't know how many of you are still skeptical about him. And I feel like we're not, as a majority or a consensus, going to really have our doubts and skeptics and skepticism pushed aside until after he coaches that first game, probably first few games, maybe even a year. But he hasn't coached a game yet. And Tom Manning leaving is not an indictment on Scott Satterfield. So Justin Williams in The Athletic recently penned a piece about what Scott Satterfield's offense is going to look like. Now, this was written, of course, before the news broke of Tom Manning leaving. But what you're going to see from the Bearcats potentially this year as Justin points out, an up-tempo, shotgun-based spread option offense with a heavy emphasis on zone running. An inside zone scheme with no with, with the Bearcats' own no-huddle rules. This was Scott Satterfield's offense when he first started calling plays at Appalachian State. You might see some of that this year with Cincinnati. I would certainly like to see that. If you watch Louisville from last year. Now, Louisville was not as productive in the passing game because of Malik Cunningham's injury. But you watched Louisville last year. They had an option offense. RPOs, zone reads. College football is that. You think, again, that the Big 12 is all about spread offense, throw the ball 50 times a game. It really is not. And I'll get to that here in just a few minutes. So I think what you're going to see from Cincinnati is a run-first offense. You're going to see a variation of West Virginia, what they ran back in the 2000s, potentially. Scott Satterfield said this recently to Justin, that coaches copy themselves. Coaches copy themselves. Other coaches. But Scott Satterfield has replicated his offense so much that he's still using concepts that he used when he first started coaching. I should say coaches copy each other, other coaches. But Scott Satterfield's offense in the last nine years 
They've never finished lower than 44th in yards per play. Six times they've ranked between 10 and 20 in the country in yards per play. Let's look at yards per carry. Seven times in the last nine years they have finished in the top 20. Four times in the top 10. When you have an option offense, and I always go back to this quote that Woody Hayes used when he was coaching. When you throw the ball, two of three things that can happen are bad incomplete or an interception and in an era where passing rules running can still win and that's why i think you are going to see an offense that is going to be built off of a running game if you watch the wasabi fenway and obviously that was a wacky game on a lot of levels the coaching staffs were in complete disarray the Bearcats were led by Carrie Combs. She's a good guy to have. Lead you. Louisville was led by Dion Branch. They essentially were stripped of their entire coaching staff. Scott Satterfield didn't even coach the game. But you saw in that game Louisville and the way they ran the ball. Go read Justin's article and watch some of the plays he clipped. And you'll see a zone run. A zone running scheme. Whether it be a tight inside zone, um, up the right and up the right tackle and right guard crease, whether it be the quarterback fakes a handoff on one side, keeps it and has the option to pitch it back to a running back or keep it himself. That's what you're going to see with this Bearcats offense. It's a very simple offense, as Justin says, but what it does is it's going to make the defense guess where the ball is going. They have a formation, but there are multiple plays that you can run based off of what the defense gives you. That's what I think this offense could look like. Now, depending on who the offensive coordinator is, there it could be different. This is all written. This was all written when Tom Manning was still here. But again, Satterfield is calling the plays. I would suspect... And I'm not sure who the new offensive coordinator is going to be. No one knows. I've asked around yesterday, talking to fellow members on the beat. They don't, I mean, I had one colleague tell me they don't know who it's going to be. I had another colleague tell me that, or I guess I guess I'll have to be secretive with the colleagues. Mike Petraglia told me he doesn't have any idea. And that's, I mean, right now, maybe we don't. Russ thinks that it's going to be someone Satterfield is coached with. I think that's going to be what happens. But I do think you are going to see an offense that's going to be built off the running game, which is good when you consider the Bearcats right now don't have really any sure starters at wide receiver. They have a lot of good transfers, but the guys who are returning from last year's roster, you don't really know much about them. So running the football is going to help, is going to help cover that. And again, like I documented last week, you look at the Big 12 last year. You look at the Big 12 last year, and, and, and actually we'll do this um, after this live read. We'll, we'll look again at, the, at, at these particular numbers last year. Production from the receiving course of the 10 Big 12 teams and the running games of the Big 12 teams. And I'm going to tell you why the Bearcats, if they are a run-first offense, can still have success in the Big 12. We'll do all that after I tell you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success 
in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. i got a lot of personal hiring stories and experiences, all great from my BearCast media days. We posted jobs on LinkedIn of who we were looking for, what we were looking for, the qualifications that we wanted our potential staff members to have. It made it so easy to build an amazing staff. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company, from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. We got big goals in 2023. I'm a firm believer in the right team member helping us do just that. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Just post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college. To post your job for free, terms and conditions do apply. Welcome back, Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, apologize for sniffling a lot of bad allergies, but hey, we're getting through it. I'm Alex Frank, Lockdown Bearcats host. So, the Big 12, your preconceived notions probably have been spread offense, throw the ball 50 times a game. But if you look at these numbers, when you when I tell you that one, two, three, four, five, six of the ten teams in the Big 12 last year, less than 60% of their offensive yards came through the air. Less than 60%. That's interesting, right? So what that tells me is this. And for the longest time last year, as I watched the Bearcats struggle to run the football, and I watched Ben Bryant go through some inconsistencies. For the longest time last year, I questioned, are the Bearcats going to be good in the Big 12? And Luke Fickle left for Wisconsin. And I said to myself, yes, this sucks. But this actually might help the Bearcats do well in the Big 12. An offensive-minded coach in Scott Satterfield a former quarterback, and embracing all of the modern-day amenities that come with college football, particularly the NIL and the transfer portal. And the Cincinnati Bearcats are, I believe, equipped to play in the Big 12 because they can run the football and still be successful offensively. Absolutely, they can. Baylor... Kansas, T, uh, Kansas State, and TCU, who played for the Big 12 championship last year, Texas and West Virginia, all under 60% of their yards offensively came through the air. That tells me that what the Bearcats are potentially going to look like offensively, that tells me they can win games and be successful offensively. You can run the football and have success in the Big 12. Zone read, option, 
RPO. Now, as far as who I think is going to be the Bearcats' new offensive coordinator, first off, you need someone who can recruit. Someone with a background of zone running can elevate a quarterback, particularly that of a dual threat. Again, the biggest question I have, the biggest concern, is how this impacts the Bearcats quarterback group. And naturally, I think that always happens when you get a new offensive coordinator. You don't want the new offensive coordinator to come in and the quarterback doesn't know what he's doing. Now, then again, this year's quarterback battle is so unique because you really don't know a lot about Emory Jones. We haven't seen a lot from Evan Prater. We've seen a lot from Van Bryant, albeit unimpressed. And we don't know yet what Brady Drogosh is going to do. So the hope is that the new offensive coordinator can collaborate with Scott Satterfield. And, and the great thing is this. Scott Satterfield being an offensive-minded head coach. When you have a head coach and play caller at the same time on offense, I think that's really going to help. You don't want, though, um, and, and I did hear this. You think about the Buffalo Bills this past year and watching Ken Dorsey in his first season as offensive coordinator and Josh Allen. And Josh Allen didn't look nearly the same as he did the year before with Brian Dable. You don't want that to happen with Cincinnati. Now, then again, the Bills are led by a defensive-minded coach. But the Bearcats are in great position here. They have their play caller. Offensively, they just need their offensive coordinator. They need another voice in the room. We don't know who that's going to be. And the hope is that he's hired before spring practice starts. Satterfield has always had an offensive coordinator. I believe I, I know he did in his six seasons at Appalachian State, and I am almost sure he had an offensive coordinator every year at Louisville. He did last year in Lance Thomas. He's now the head coach of Western Michigan. I doubt he's going to come be the Bearcats' offensive coordinator. When you get a head coaching job in college football, you would take that over a Power 5 offensive coordinator. So other guys, potentially, Frank Ponce, Scott Satterfield's offensive coordinator at Appalachian State. He is the offensive coordinator at Appalachian State again. He's also the quarterback's coach. Could he leave Appalachian State and come to the Power Five? There's a chance. Dwayne Ledford, offensive line coach for the Atlanta Falcons. Same with Tom Manning. I don't think he would leave an NFL head coaching job for a Power Five offensive coordinator. And again, though, Charlie Weiss left the Patriots for Notre Dame. Crazier things have happened. Sean Clark, the head coach at Appalachian State. I don't think he's going to leave. You have a Power 5 head coach. Or, I'm sorry, a college football head coaching job. Other names. Could Scott Satterfield go in-house? I was talking to Russ yesterday. He doesn't think that's the case. I'm not ruling it out. Darrell Sims, running backs coach. Pete Thomas, quarterbacks coach. Do you think... That could happen. I'm not ruling it out. Billy Kosh, the offensive coordinator of Western Michigan under Lance Thomas. And then, just like the Bearcats went after Tom Manning the first time under Scott Satterfield for their offensive coordinator role, are there any current Big 12 offensive coordinators who could be hired? 
if you look at the six teams in the Big 12 that had more than 40% of their total yards come on the ground, Jeff Grimes of Baylor, Andy Colton-Nicky of Kansas, sorry if I mispronounced that name, Colin Klein from Kansas State, highly unlikely he leaves being a K-State alum. Kendall Bryles and A.J. Ricker, co-offensive coordinators at TCU. Kyle Flood at Texas. Chad Scott at West Virginia. Any name from those names, could the Bearcats go after them? This all remains to be seen. But the big thing to remember is this is not an indictment on Scott Satterfield. This is a testament to the coach, a testament to the program that the University of Cincinnati has become. And that this is a good problem to have. And it's not going to be the last time you see something like this. Does that mean Brian Brown is next? I don't know. I don't necessarily think so. But then again, we didn't think Tom Manning was going to leave. But hey, this gives me something to talk about with you. And if you have any anxiety or uncertainty, that's totally fine. We are still over six months away from the first game of the season. Spring ball hasn't even started. Give Scott Satterfield a chance. I gave you the numbers. I also told you why this is not an indictment on him, Tom Manning leaving. This happens. And if you were in Tom Manning's shoes, you probably would do the same thing. Coming up on tomorrow's show, more on the offensive coordinator coaching search. Hey, we could have a new offensive coordinator by then. We'll also look back on the Bearcats win Sunday at UCF, why it was a complete 180 from the game at ECU on Wednesday night, and we'll look ahead to tomorrow night's game against the Temple Owls. A programming note, Russ and I are going to do our live room Thursday, Thursday at 1230. So normally it's Wednesday at 1230. We're going to push it to Thursday with the game tomorrow night so we can talk about the game with you. Uh, We can take your questions and comments in the chat. So we'll do our live from Thursday at 12.30. We'll talk about Tom Manning leaving. We'll talk about the new offensive coordinator search. Maybe the new offensive coordinator, if if, it, if he's named. Um, we'll get to that. We will also get to the Bearcats game at Memphis on Sunday. That is a massive showdown. Potentially Memphis's best player and the conference's best player might be out. We'll get into that on Thursday and then round out the week on Friday. Looking ahead again to Memphis and more on the Bearcats' offensive coordinator search. We're knee-deep in the offseason. Thanks for staying with me. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. How about for your second listen? Check out our brand-new podcast, Lockdown College Basketball Experts, Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Lockdown College Basketball, available on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore 90 with two N's and an ATI. Instagram, AlexFranknet underscore an email, Alex3Frank at gmail.com. For Lockdown Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll be back with you tomorrow right here on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.